This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a brilliant leader. We're going to get a chance today to speak with Kimberly Hartsfield. Kimberly is the Executive Vice President, Client Enablement at Visiquate. Visiquate's one of the brightest firms in the, in the sort of revenue cycle area, helping customers and clients and health systems with revenue cycle and all kinds of aspects of it. We're going to talk specifically today about Medicare Advantage and sort of new, new legislation, how it's impacting providers, and a lot more. Uh, Kimberly, before we get started, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us about Visiquate? Sure. Thank you so much for having me on with you today, Scott. It's such a pleasure to be with you all. You're exactly right. Visiquate really <clears throat> focuses on helping hospitals and healthcare systems uh, manage their revenue cycle operations effectively with a data-driven and advanced analytics approach to both denials and revenue management. So glad to be here today. Thanks. Thank you so much. There's been so much movement with payers and systems between sort of Medicare Advantage, the commercial business. There's been such momentum in the Medicare Advantage business. After just several years ago, it seemed like that was going to slow down. That's grown tremendously. One of the examples of it is, you know, Medicare Advantages. Humana recently left the commercial business and the FEHB space to focus entirely on the MA business. What does this mean, this movement towards Medicare Advantage, this movement towards managed Medicaid as well? What does that mean for providers, for health systems, physicians, and more? Well, this is something that we've really been watching, and I grew up in the payer world. I spent more than 20 years with a Blue Cross Blue Shield plan, and so this is something that I've been watching personally for a long time. And what we're hearing across the industry is if you look at the numbers, the number of it, beneficiaries that are enrolled in Medicare Advantage plans versus traditional Medicare is now at 49%. By 2030, they expect the enrollment in Medicare Advantage plans to be upwards of 60%. So this is a growing market segment, and that's problematic if you're in the provider community because the administrative burden associated with managing Medicare Advantage patients and the policies and the regulations and all of the differences with all of the plans is almost an insurmountable challenge for the provider community. Um, one of the recent stats that I read, between March of 20 and March of 2022, payers across the board, not just MA plans, made over 100,000 policy changes. And so it was the height of COVID and we still have lingering COVID and you're trying to get claims filed. People, um, are, people are working from home. Maybe they've come back, maybe they haven't. And yet you're, it's not a fair fight because the payers literally are changing the rules of an ongoing game. And we know that the administrative burden from traditional Medicare versus Medicare Advantage is somewhere between 1.4 to 1.5 times more onerous just to get those claims filed and follow the regulations and policies. So um, I think this is really important to think about because that's a growing population. And 
<clears throat> more and more people are worried about staffing. They just don't have people to keep up with all of those changes and get those dollars in the door. So I think that this is going to become a very, very significant issue for people to watch. And that's also why you see Congress um, stepping in to do some legislation around this. And, and, and take a moment. You said so many interesting things there, Kimball. You talked about this sort of power shift. Is Medicare shifts more and more to Medicare Advantage. Providers have to deal more and more with big entrenched payers, whether it's Humana in the Medicare Advantage business, Centene in the Medicaid business, the United's, the Blue Crosses, the other big payers, and just is increasingly this power imbalance. And talk about prior authorizations, because you know if you're a provider, you view prior auth often used as not necessarily a tactic to make sure the right care is given, but a tactic by payers to reduce your ability to do what patients need. If you're a payer, you view it as part of fiscal management and medical management. Talk about how this has become such a big issue and, and what Congress is doing here in terms of sort of mandating electronic pre-authorization or prior authorization and whether that will help or not. Is there, is there a sense that this will help and what, what do you expect to happen here? So I think that there's, I, it's, it's like so many things in healthcare in theory, it's a really good idea. Um, if you think about in today's world, uh, it takes between 30 and 60 minutes to complete a prior authorization and get that filed. And if you look at 2021, there were 35 million prior authorizations submitted for Medicare Advantage. Two million of those were denied and only 11% of the denials were ever appealed. But if they were appealed, there was an 82% overturn rate. But again, we go back to the staffing challenges that people are having. They just don't have people in their offices to go and work those denials. And those are lost dollars. So Congress is really trying to streamline some of the administrative burden that providers have squawked about for a long time, and rightfully so. Um, the estimates that the latest estimates that I've seen are that um, <clears throat> electronic prior auths will save $15 billion over 10 years for Medicare Advantage plans alone. So the if you think about the total administrative waste in healthcare today, saving $15 billion over 10 years is not really making a meaningful impact in the administrative waste in healthcare. Certainly. There is so much debate about Medicare Advantage. You know, if you're a traditional pay patient, you probably at the end of the day, although it, 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 you probably prefer all the optionality of just plain old Medicare versus Medicare Advantage. Medicare Advantage has the promise of higher quality, lower cost care. Is there a sense of whether it's delivering on that promise and, and how can providers you know, deal with the increase in Medicare Advantage membership roles. How do providers deal with this? And is it successful? Is it effective at, at improving care or not really just the cost management shifting of, of cost and risk program? I think this that Medicare Advantage is one of the biggest fallacies in healthcare. Kaiser Family Foundation found in 2019 that the Medicare Advantage spend per beneficiary was actually $321 higher than traditional Medicare. And actually that same report 
shows that Medicare Advantage has never generated savings. And so that was the original core premise of establishing the program and letting people have higher quality care. And as you well know, the administrative burden associated with reporting quality metrics is another thing that the provider community has groused about because it's so non-standard and it's laborious and time consuming. And it's one more thing that they have to do in their days. And I thought it was really interesting. So there was a study that came out this past week And for the first time in 16 years, um, staffing was the primary concern over revenue. So 58% of healthcare leaders cited staffing as their biggest issue in 2023 versus 17% concerned with revenue. And if you think about the consulting adage that all problems can be solved through people, process, and technology, um, there just aren't people to do this work. And as that Medicare Advantage population continues to grow, the provider community is gonna have to invest in technology and data and analytics to really understand where the problems lie within their health systems so that they can effectively manage those dollars and identify where processes are broken. So I think we're gonna see people leaning into technology as that Medicare Advantage population continues to grow because they just don't have a choice and there just aren't additional people to fill in that gap in the administrative burden that Medicare Advantage has created. And so I think that we'll continue to see Congress look for ways that they can legislate and mandate, and there are certainly states that have taken an independent approach instead of being fast followers to the federal government to try and ease some of that administrative burden around the Medicare Advantage plans and looking towards standardization that exists with Medicare today and makes those patients easier to deal with, quote unquote. Kimmel, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your perspective. So, so eye-opening, literally. The idea of Medicare Advantage is that it's supposed to save the government money supposed to be better for patients, so I don't think anybody really necessarily believes that specifically, but it's supposed to save the government money, and what's really happened is, like many things, it has just added on another layer of cost as you've interposed in these big payers that are part of the Medicare Advantage program, so you've added another layer between Medicare, the patients, and the patients, and the providers, which are these payers that have interposed in between them, and it's led to an increase in cost and also different metrics, different rules, different issues for health systems. Any parting thoughts for health systems as they prepare for these evolutions in Medicare Advantage and the movement of more patients from Medicare to Medicare Advantage? I think it's something that really needs to be on people's radar, and then they need to take a proactive approach and understand that this is coming and plan for it now rather than being caught off guard and having backlogs of claims and denials that they can't manage or deal with, given the financial headwinds that healthcare as an industry is facing in 2023, the time is not to do nothing. The time is to really be proactive and face the challenge head on. And I hope that that's what we'll see the provider community do. Kimberly, I want to thank you for visiting us today again on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. It's such a pleasure to visit with you and just get this clear thinking around what's going on with this, because many of us sort of follow the big headlines. We don't really understand it that clearly, 
the increase in cost that comes with Medicare Advantage, Medicare Advantage is not going away, but, but you see some of these big payers moving 100% to it. It's been quite profitable for some of the big payers. What a fascinating situation and, and, and just more burden on health systems and providers and physicians and everybody else for prior authorizations, hoping the government's effort towards electronic prior authorization helps a little bit, but not that hopeful that it will, but, but certainly systems need to have technology tools in place to deal with the prior auth to, to make this less staff burdensome. Kimberly, thank you again for joining us on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thank you very much. Appreciate you all so much, Scott. Thanks a bunch.